Shalom Chaverim. Here we are again. It's now Wednesday evening. It's 8 o'clock. The Jewish holy days are now over. Rosh Hashanah, then Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And we've entered a new Jewish year. Waiting for people to decide to uh, listen this evening. It's unfortunate that our elected officials here in D.C. are much more concerned with self-aggrandizement, with being able to yell at the camera, with their own, I don't even know what, that they're willing not just to destroy the economy, but to actually hurt the people that voted them into office. It's not so simple as the budget or cutting this out or cutting that out. We have a country to run. A lot of people depend on the government, government jobs. A lot of people depend upon the money, the people who work for the government. The whole thing's intertwined. And it's irresponsible to try to um, cull out, to parse out certain segments, certain things, and then to hold the economy um, hostage. Both Democrats and Republicans, they're all elected officials. It's time that our elected officials paid attention to why we elected them. But that's not our topic this evening. I'm having a little trouble reading the questions because I'm wearing a white shirt and I thought I still would be able to read the the questions. Well, let's see as it unfolds. My topic this evening is naked religion. Anytime you use the word naked, people are going to pay attention and listen because somehow that's titillating and they want to hear about it. I think that the concept, the idea of naked religion is really a very neat idea and it's very, very useful. And we could apply it to other areas, not just religion, but I'm a rabbi. And I think it's appropriate to talk about religion without all the clothes on it, without all the centuries of additions, without everyone and their brother and sister, aunts and uncles and cousins, telling you what the people who've made up the religion meant who have been dead for thousands of years. I find that very, very entertaining, that if we look to our own religions, instead of backing up, and I'm going to use the term naked religion, to taking off the clothes, taking off the pieces that have been added, what were the original teachings of the religion? Whether it's Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, the Catholic Church, the Eastern Orthodox Churches, we get into a lot of trouble spiritually, emotionally, and individually when we don't go back, when we don't look at what, what are the teachings? What's basic to the religion? Now, there have been several movements to get back to there have been several movements that give me that old-time religion. But when you study them, no, they don't want to go back to anything. They want to tell you 
what they think the original religion was. It's not about going back because they're, they're just adding on more barnacles to the ship, more barnacles on the hull, if you will. And this, my shirt is not working out. Um, I, don't, I don't know if there is a pause button. We're talking about naked religion. So in keeping with our topic, just bear with me. See, I don't, I don't fool around. We're talking about getting back to basics, getting back to the sources. Now I can read the questions. Okay, I start introduce a topic of naked religion, and the idea is very, very simple. What did Jesus teach? Not what someone a hundred years after he died said, this is what he taught. Not what a group of old men in various cities said, this is what the church believes. This is what he really meant. No. What religion? I'm a rabbi and I'm Jewish. And religion itself is not the bane, it's not the tool, it's that governments have found out that they can use religion to control and manipulate people because most people don't want to go back to the naked religion. Most people don't want to study their own religion. Most people don't want to know what the religion is about. can't say I've been in a cult. Mm -mm. I haven't found one yet that appeals to me. Uh-huh. So it's not that religion is the bane. It's not that religion's evil. It's that we do accept converts in Judaism. We do allow for conversion. And that one of the reasons people think that Judaism doesn't accept converts or doesn't accept is... We don't so much discourage people from converting, but we ask a very simple question. What's wrong with the religion you're practicing? What is it about Judaism that attracts you? What's not satisfying? And have you looked at your own religion in depth to see if it would fulfill the needs you're looking for rather than looking towards another religion to fulfill your spiritual needs? How were you brought up? How is your family? And so, because we ask those kinds of questions, people have drawn the conclusion, and it's very common, to think that rabbis don't accept or that Judaism doesn't accept converts. That's where that comes from. No, no, we do accept. And we do welcome. And anyone who is a Jew by choice is equivalent to being a Jew by birth. So that's not the question. Rather, it's, you, let's say, we set up a time, you come to my Zoom room, and we're talking about converting, and I would ask you, what have you been practicing, what have you been exploring, and what have you not found satisfying, and what would you be looking for? So therefore, you become a Jew by choice, truly by choice. 
not by accident, not because you happen to like something Jewish or that we have a good time or that the food is good, etc., etc. Rather, you make a, a choice. And because of that time we spend exploring, people reach the conclusion that we're trying to discourage converts. We don't want them. With many religions, all you have to say is they want to convert and there's dipping, there's sprinkling, there's vows, you're converted. And so compared to other religions, we not make it more difficult, we make it more personal. We actually make it a choice. You're choosing. And you need, need to know the why you're choosing and that you're choosing. And so a uh, uh, question that, that we frequently ask is, what are your feelings about Jesus? How does Jesus fit in with your life? Because in Judaism, we view Jesus as a scholar. Now, the word rabbi wasn't used at the time, but we think of him as a rabbi, as a teacher, a prophet, a messenger of God, and not the son of God, not anything divine, just like Islam. Someone we can learn from has good teachings. And someone asked me, and Islam is a system religion of Judaism. Islam and Judaism share much more in common than Judaism and Christianity. Judaism and Islam are both Eastern religions and both developed in a particular culture. Yeah, somehow people seem to like to expel Jews. So we have to look at some of the history. That's a good topic. Mm -hmm. So if we go back to my topic, Naked Judaism, what does Judaism say about conversion? We welcome anyone who wants to enter the faith. However, it's important that it be a choice and not just kind of a knee-jerk reaction. All religions come from the one, from God. And that's why I, I like to talk about naked religion, because if we strip away the politics and the posturing, what do we find at the core? What are the teachings of, and what are the sacred books of all the religions in the known universe? Again, not what someone said they were saying, and not a book about a book about, but rather, what are the original sources? And one can enjoy the cultures of another religion without converting. One can enjoy foods of different cultures and groups, and you're not becoming, and you don't have to give up your nationality. We can, there's lots that we can share. Books are important to study and read. However, we want to realize that it's second, third, fourth, a hundred places separated from the original teaching. And so we want to go back to see what were they talking about. Tell us the purpose of life. 42. Oh, that's, some, yeah, the meaning of life is 42. The purpose of each of us, someone just asked, what is the purpose of, of life or lives? To quote someone more famous than myself, it's important to be earnest because everyone else is taken. 
The goal is to be you. We are all part of the universe, part of a system, part of some what's going on. And the meaning in life comes from finding our purpose, our place, and then fulfilling our mission. Yeah, um, Bibles, remember the word Bible is a plural word. Someone just said that, stop believing in Bibles, Biblia. It's not a case of believing or not believing. Holy scriptures are truth and they're not true. Process that. The Bible, the Torah, any of your sacred literature are truth and they're not true. And by not accept, by not seeing it as literal, gets rid of all the problems, all the discrepancies. And it makes it much easier to find out what the religion was teaching. Jesus himself said, I speak to you in parables. He said that. He said, don't take me literally. Jesus said that. Yet people take him literally. I can't go to another source. He said it. Therefore, when we look at sacred literature, we're reading people experiencing the divine, people experiencing the universe around them, and we can learn from them. But it doesn't mean it's the last word. There's truth in it, and the statements aren't true, never happened, never existed, didn't exist. Now, the Talmud consists of two sections, oral law, which is called Mishnah, and the discussion of the oral law, Gomorrah. Throughout the early period in Judaism, there were thousands of oral laws. One individual, Judah Hanasi, Judah the Prince, did a compilation and he took some and didn't accept others. He made a definitive work and that's called the Mishnah. So the Talmud consists of rabbinic notes and commentary on the discussions. The Talmud never says what to do or what not to do. The Talmud always gives a majority view and a minority view. It always tells you all the discussion so you can decide. Now, tradition will pick something and say, this is how we light the Shabbos candles. This is how we light the Hanukkah candles. This is what we do, this is what we don't do. But that's a decision based on culture and community. That's not a basic Jewish teaching. It's not a law. That's not a rule. It's a cultural decision on how we're going to observe. And so too often individuals think the Talmud is Jewish law, is the last word, and has to be followed. That's not it. It's rabbinic discussion of how to understand the oral laws. And the oral laws existed at the same time as the Torah, which is written law. Okay? So kind of a little different than some other religions. Remember, in Judaism, there's no hierarchy. There's no chief rabbis, even though in England and Israel, there are titles chief rabbi. But we don't have such a thing. That's a political title. No one has the authority to tell you this is right and this is wrong. It's up to you to make a decision based on reading and studying. But what's most important is to find a rabbi you respect, listen to that rabbi, and learn from... Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't learn from other rabbis. You should. But everyone needs a mentor, a teacher, a guide. Remember, 
The job of the rabbi is to teach and then get out of the way so you can find your path to the one. Too often, and someone brought this up earlier, rabbis see that they can get power and control by telling people what to do and giving orders and being arrogant. And that's why we developed this attitude that religion's bad. It's not the religion. It's individuals who have discovered that they can use religion to manipulate us and to coerce us and to get us to donate money. It's a caveat, just be careful. Just be careful. And the responsibility comes back to each of us. What is our authority? I don't worship Hashem or Yudhe Vovhe or Adonai. I, I'm a partner with the one. A partner with God. And it's my view that each of us is partner with God. All of us are the sons of God. All of us are the daughters of God. We're all God's children. It says so. We're God's children. And as such, we kind of have a... No, I don't worship Baal. We have a certain responsibility within the system and to learn. I keep coming back to naked Judaism, naked religion. What is the basic... What are the basic teachings? And what are your sources for the basic teachings? And... I get lazy sometimes, we all get lazy, and we want shortcuts. Well, we want an easier way to do things or a faster way to do things, uh, or possibly we want to cut to the chase. And in respecting that, I've written a book, How to Be Jewish in 30 Seconds. It's going on Kickstarter, October 27th. How to Be Jewish in 30 Seconds. And if you'd like to see something about my book, the website's howtobejewishin30seconds.com and my partner, Joe, a cartoonist, has done a cartoon for each of the 36 steps, suggestions, ideas. So you get a cartoon, you get my advice. What could be worse? What could be bad about that? Howtobejewishin30seconds.com My bar mitzvah has influenced my... No, I'm not fluent in Hebrew. I can read biblical Hebrew. I can read Mishnaic. I can read documents. I can read texts. My modern Hebrew is on a first, second grade level, and I wouldn't attempt to speak to anyone in Hebrew. My training and emphasis has always been on studying of texts and reading texts and being able to understand what they're saying. My bar mitzvah was such a shanda and a disgrace that has influenced my rabbinate. I was given something to read I didn't understand. I was told where to sit, where to stand, what to do. Someone kept giving directions. That's when I realized that wasn't the job of the rabbi. He had taken the role of being a, I don't know what, but not a rabbi. He didn't teach me how to find my Judaism. He didn't teach me about spirituality. He told me what to do. And so because of my bar mitzvah experience, I decided that my job was to teach. And then you decide what to do, but I give you as much as possible. My podcast, The Rabbi and I. The YouTube channel, The Rabbi and I. 
Go ahead, see if, see if what I'm telling you is accurate. And keep an eye open. I'll be talking more about the book in October when we head out to Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And that's how profound my bar mitzvah was. I realized that's not what it should be. It should be a time for a student to know the rabbi, to be able to develop their own spiritual ideas at age 13, 12, 14, whatever the age. And my job wasn't to dictate or tell you what to believe or what to do. That's why I came up with uh, the idea of naked Judaism. Now, we're, we're older now, we're adults. And so it's incumbent on each of us, if we, well, I don't say incumbent, yeah, I think it is. If we're going to be intelligent about our spirituality, let's do some studying, do some reading, do some learning. But don't just accept anything. Don't even accept what I'm saying. See if it makes sense to you. Look out the window. Go to some of the websites. Ask some good questions. Now, it's also important is what is the source for your answers? And that's an important consideration. Because too often we go to the same website or the same people, the same mentality, the same view. You're not going to learn that way. And that's the problem we're having now in politics. Too many of us are just watching stations that support the party we already believe in. So we never learn about the other side. There's values in both. There are problems in both. But we're never going to see it if we always go to one news source, one place that tells us what we already believe or what we already want to believe or think we believe. We're never going to get anywhere. Since I've retired from the congregation in Chantilly, and that was only part-time, my contact with the, some of the Muslim community, some of the Arab community, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to maintain it just because of the, the physical distance and everyday activities and getting to see people. Gnostics. Oh, the Gnostics have a lot to teach us. Don't rule out Gnosticism. Knowledge is... is is where it's at, the, the truth. And isn't that the goal of naked religion? Is to get at the truth. Mm -hmm. You can pour yourself um, some something to drink. I So far, even with virtual reality, we can't really share anything. The topic this evening is naked religion. And what I'm asking us to do is go back to the sources. To jump to use what we're being taught, okay? But ultimately, is what they're teaching us consistent? The Arabs are my brothers. We share the Abraham. Same father, same religion, similar teachings, similar respect for the earth, respect for each other. Politics has gotten in the way in both Judaism and Islam. That's really, if you want, the problem. And that's why I thought of naked religion, because we have to get back. We have to get away from the politicking, from using religion for political ends. And when you ask me about Zionism, about Palestine, yes, I believe in two states, with neither state sending missiles or bombs at the other, neither state being a tool 
for someone's political gains or political ends. But getting back to what are the teachings? Do unto others. Don't do that which is hateful to you. Love is the greatest commandment of them all. And as we look at God accepting the, the, the different religions and what religions teach, it's what other people say about the religion that's getting us into trouble. Islam and Judaism share the same roots, same values. If Muslims pray five times a day, we pray three times a day. Hafsalachas. Same thing. And th- th- there's certain rituals in the prayers. There's certain ways to humble yourself. There's certain ways to show respect. And many of them are cultural. But they, the, the goal is to show respect. Different cultures have different ways to respect. So, of course, they're going to be different. But it doesn't mean they don't respect. Yeah. Well, that's been my topic this evening. We actually want to pray three times a well. Oh, we combine the morning and afternoon prayers. Yeah, we do that in Judaism, is we combine the afternoon and evening prayers. So in a sense, we only pray twice a day. So I was talking about the titles of the services. There are three titles and five titles. But in practice, we, we do the afternoon service to end just as the evening service begins so they're mushed together as if it's one. But it's still two separate services. Same thing. The same same difference. Let's see, what else do we have? Now, someone just asked about Shlok Kaporis, the chicken ritual. I don't practice it. However... Among the Orthodox, there is a ritual where you take a live chicken and prior to Yom Kippur, you take the chicken and you swing it around your head. And this goes back to an old belief that the sins of a person will be transferred into the animal. Uh, Just because I don't practice it doesn't mean it's wrong or right, okay? Then you... Do the, the circling, you talk about, you say your sins, and then you slaughter the chicken in the kosher manner, and we will cook it and eat it. And that goes back to the older practice of animal sacrifices. I'm not a big fan of animal sacrifices. I think it's time has passed. I think it's time has passed. But there was a question, and obviously people don't think this time has passed, and there are still people that shlug Kapora, swing Kapora. Kapora meaning um, um, uh, getting rid of your sins. The sins of, uh, is the, the transferred into, as Jesus was the Lamb of God. So the sins of individuals were put into, and then Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross. And so, again, remember I mentioned very similar ideas and concepts, but the practice is very much based on culture. So it's not doing something different or wrong. We're doing something different to do the same thing. Uh, Now, something just flashed by about someone wanting to join me Rabbi Block at hotmail.com. 
please send me an email. We'll set up a time to meet in my Zoom room and we can discuss how to do this together. Now, my Wednesday nights are going to go on a hiatus for the next two Wednesday nights. It's time for me to go on a retreat, do some meditation, some, some thought and some things. So for the next two Wednesdays, I will not be live and I will do a, a, a TikTok or two just to reinforce that. I'm not quite sure what the date would be when I'll be coming back in October, but had a really nice Yom Kippur, nice attendance, good services. I came out refreshed. Now, women and men, that's a topic among the Orthodox. Outside of Orthodox Judaism, women are equal to men. A man can be alone with a woman who's not his wife. We're not worried about a man doing something unseemly. But again, that's cultural. And the different ways to respect and that's orthodoxy. So don't say it's Judaism. It's only a select group of Jews. And that's something I want to end with. We want to be careful of. We don't want to take the behavior of a small number or even a large number of Jews and then extrapolate it and say, all Jews do this. Or why do Jews do that? The more important question would be, there are some Jews who do this. Can you explain it? How did that get into rather than making it universal in Judaism. Well, we're coming up to the end of our half hour together. Thank you for joining. And I thank those of you who stayed for our full 30 minutes. And I want to thank those of you who came and listened and went and you came and listened. Mm -hmm. See if there's anything else. Okay, and remember, any questions, comments, rabbiblock at hotmail.com, any subjects you'd like to see me address, please send me an email. And again, thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the third Wednesday in October. Good night.